Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Want to experience racing in its purest form? Do you yearn to return to where NASCAR came from? Watch high-banked, full-throttle, super-late-model racing on Flow Racing, September 8th through the 11th. It's the crown jewel of dirt late models at Eldora Speedway with the World 100. This is grassroots racing at its finest. See who will win the globe by subscribing today. Go to flowracing.com world. That's flowracing.com world. This is MRN Crew Call. Brought to you by Hercules Tires. There are a couple of sayings and thoughts and theories in motorsports. You're only as good as your last race, which is very, very important to do. And if you're going to win a race, win one before an off weekend or win the final race of the season, because that way you get to savor it so much longer. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network. And this is Crew Call presented by Hercules Tires. Mike Bukaravich, the 39-year-old crew chief for Stuart Haas Racing with Eric Almarola from Lehighton, Pennsylvania. He accomplished both of those with that win in New Hampshire. You're only as good as your last race, the last race they won, and they won the race going into the two-week summer hiatus. We'll talk to Mike this time on on Crew Call. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Crew call on Motor Racing Network continues on, joining us fresh off from that win. Well, fresh in a few weeks since off from that win in New Hampshire. Mike Bukaravis joins us. Hello, Mike. Welcome back to Crew Call. Hey, Steve. How are you doing, buddy? Fantastic. I, I started the show with you're only as good as your last win, and a good time to win is going into an off week so you can <laughs> savor it. I would dare say you checked off both of those boxes with that win in New Hampshire. It, it had to be about perfectly timed for you guys to grab that win up there absolutely um you know you couldn't plan it any more perfectly you know our goal bowling team they did a a great job you know we've we've had a lot of tough luck this year um some of our own doing some of just what literally that bad luck and uh we knew that we were getting down to the nitty-gritty where a win was what it was going to take and you know we started taking some gambles previous weeks making some strategy calls that weren't necessarily in the popularity but you're you're trying to do what you can to make the playoffs because that's the next step you can redeem your whole season and, uh, you know, we felt like we've been stronger at the 750 tracks this year than the 550 tracks. I mean, as a whole, our company, we felt like has been behind. But, but we, as a 
personally, as the Tenton team, we felt like, you know, we've had competitive cars at some of these 750 tracks and, uh, and Loudon's been circled for us. You know, Eric likes that track a lot. We like that track. It's been a good track to our company throughout the years. And, uh, you know, we've had it circled and, and said, this is an opportunity race for us and, uh, showed up chain, made some changes from last year. We felt we ran pretty strong last year, but we made some changes from last year and, and, you know, right at what lap seven or eight, when we had that rain delay, um, Eric got out of the car and said, I, I think she's pretty sporty. She feels pretty good. So, you know, we were excited going into the, the next part of the race and executed all day long and nobody made any major mistakes or anything like that. And our pit crew was on fire and the car was good and Eric did a great job. No, neat stuff. It was really fun to watch. Mike, when we look at it, it's been no mystery. Stuart Haas Racing, it's been a struggle this year. You guys, it's been a struggle this year as well. Um, but but I look back, I look back, uh, and, and we talked to Eric after winning one of the segments of the All-Star Open, getting into the All-Star Race. And we go to Nashville, you guys win the pole position and finish in the fourth spot. Did, had you sensed, though, that you guys were pointed in the right direction, if not a global company, at least with the 10 team? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you, you kind of identified it right there. Like I felt like the swing started kind of at the all-star. We started making some changes on some things that we did to, to try and get better. And, um, you know, obviously all-star was not even really a 550 package. We had a whole different engine package with that alone, but uh, kind of the way it played out and everything, you know, I felt like we made gains, but it was hard to judge like, you know, how good was it going to be on a normal week? You know, all-star race is unique in its own environment. So, um, you know, going forward, like you said, into Nashville, we made some more changes and, and continued on that path and, and had a really good day, uh, not just by getting the pole, but even off the truck, you know, we made a 20 lap run in practice, which, you know, for a track that we've not raced at uh, in the cup series, you know, that that was a pretty good run, I thought, and our speed was good. So, you know, we were good all weekend there, ran top five most of the day. And, and uh, you know, I felt like that was a step in the right direction to build uh, what eventually happened at Loudoun. When you dig out of a hole, as you guys are doing, again, globally as a team, but you guys individually, how challenging is this not having any practice? Testing went away years ago. The new format that we're running with here, how challenging is it to, to, to try to make some gains and catch up with everybody when you don't have much as far as on-track testing goes? Yeah, so, you know, for, for my personal experience, I mean, it's very difficult. That's the simple answer. Um, my personal experience, like, in the beginning of the year, when we had those first 10 races or so, where just nothing went right for us, you know, having a lot of wrecks and, and not bringing home cars in one piece and that, like, we're buried in points and, and all that. And and some of the races, I mean, let's be honest, like, we haven't even, we didn't even run that many laps. So we didn't even really know what we would have had in the first place. Um, but you're like, well, we have nothing to build on right now. We got, you know, a lot of tore up race cars and and sitting low in points and, and you're looking at how you ran last year and some of the tracks that were upcoming and you're like, well, we ran so good last year. I'm scared to change much, you know, in case we're not that bad. So then you're kind of hesitant to change too much because you're already in a hole and you don't want to have another bad race. So you're kind of sticking to the plan, call it of what you did last year, because you're like, well, at this point, I'll take a top 15, I'll take a top 10, whatever's, whatever's willing to come to me to start getting me some points. And then as more bad luck occurs or whatever happens, you know, now you're getting to the point where you're like, well, points racing isn't even in this anymore. Now we got to really start looking at the big picture of how are we going to win a race? And then I think that's when you become a little scared because you're like, well, I'm, I'm just going to start to wing it and I'm going to make changes. And I'm, we're going to do something completely different. This could go really bad or this could go really good. 
but we got to do something because what we're doing is not working. So for me, it was kind of a phase thing. You kind of transitioned from one area to another and looking back on it, you wish you would have started doing different stuff sooner, but you just don't know um, until you get a few races on your belt. And to your point with no practice, the only way to test it is to try it going into the race. So until you race, you don't know. Overall, I mean, when you're talking about this and and listening to you, this is a weird word, consolation. It is, I I don't even know how to frame that or how I'm framing the question here. The consolation is, is that Rodney's having the same problems over there, you know, the guys on the 41, everyone, it's, it's not what you're looking for, but at least you had to feel like you weren't alone with some of the struggles that you guys have had. I know that's not what you're looking for. And I know consolation prizes aren't what you're looking for, but, but at least as you were walking your journey, you could look over at the shop and say, well, we're across the board, have some major issues here, apparently. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a fair way to put it. Um, to, to be a hundred percent honest with you, like, did it change the way I felt? Absolutely not. Um, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd still be stressed and trying to not take it home and wanting to throw up every day and like, just trying to understand what happened. I mean, for having, for giving Eric a career season last year and how well we ran, like it, it just, it was this nightmare that you just didn't feel like you could get out of it. But the one thing that most people say about me is I don't quit and I wasn't going to quit. And no matter how bad it got, you know, um, it wasn't going to be an option. And like you said, the, the one thing that if you want to say gives you, I don't know if confidence is the word, but kind of keeps your head up a little bit is it's not like my other three teammates are winning races and, and running good each week. And, and now I'm in this, in this hole, because at that point, that one completely shatters any confidence you have whatsoever. Right. Um, at this point, you knew you're all in it together. And I think the one good part was, is it makes us all work together more. Right. Because you're all in the same boat. You all got to get better. And, and, and you just communicate a lot more and not that we don't hear already. I mean, we're, we, I feel like we're one of the teams that communicates the best, but um, it just gets that much deeper and, and you know, you're in it together and you just got to get together and work hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think you, uh, you gave a much better answer to my somewhat awkward, weird question there, but that's what it is. It's that confidence level uh, when, when you look around the building and, and when you go forward. So I, I want to kind of change gears just a little bit here. We had this weird, weird situation where we have off weeks in NASCAR, a two week break, a vacation. And yeah, it's great to win the race, but just, what has that been like in the shop? What's that been like for your road crew? What has that been like for, for everybody there on the 10 team? Yeah. So um, obviously an off week coming up, everybody's kind of got that circled on their calendar as a travel person, right? You know, it kind of gives you a break. I think we just got done a 16 race run since our last off week. Um, So everybody's looking for a little bit of catching their breath. And then even on top of that, not only the people that travel, you know, at the shop, these guys are working hard, trying to keep up with building the next car and keeping things moving. And at time you have tech updates that might have to happen to a car that backs things up and something else happens that backs things up. And let's be honest right now in the economy, it's hard to get things like it's hard to get sheet metal. It's hard to get these type of things. So that's backing us up constantly. So the break helps in so many different ways, not just from giving everybody a break to relax and go on a vacation or something like that, but from a production standpoint, it lets us catch our breath and get our cars caught up. You know, the last few weeks there, we were, we were rolling cars on the floor the week of trying to get them wrapped and get ready to go to the racetrack. And, and that just because of lack of parts and pieces and everybody getting backed up. And now 
I got about two, three weeks of cars sitting back on the shop floor that we can start to work on and polish up and make better. So um, it, it's good all around. Now, you and I were talking a little bit before, I would prefer a, an off week and instead of two in a row and kind of space them out a little bit more throughout the year, but uh, I'll take them whenever I can get them, right? I, I want to I dig into this because I deal a lot with the Wing Nation. I deal a lot in the short track world and, and, and tires are the big short. There's a lot of shortage issues over there, but, but tires are the one that are catching. In fact, some races are being canceled because of a lack of tires. Are we at that point? Are there are there items within the sport of NASCAR racing that that there's a little concern about, or is it just slow? Are there are there things that we need to keep an eye on as we roll through this weird part of part of the year? We're trying to get parts and pieces. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that pop up. Some are kind of intermittent. Um, some are, I think, just the way that we're going, knowing that we're changing cars next year and those type of things. Like one, one that comes to mind is, you know, a simple thing that not a lot of people think about would be like transmission ratios, right? Like we, we typically would always start a race on the cup side with pretty much fresh gears um, that, that a manufacturer would produce for us. Well, these manufacturers no longer want to do the investment on making these gear sets because there's, there's no gain for them at this point. If they're not bought off the shelf, it's money that they've wasted. You know, with us going to a transactional next year, everything we got this year is obsolete in that area. So they don't they don't want to produce them. And then if they if a team really, really wants them, what they're telling us is, you know, hey, you, you got to buy at least 10, 20 sets. Well, we don't need 20 sets of gears. We need four at most. Right. Or something of that nature, maybe eight if you have a backup transmission. But uh, but yeah, so you, you have a lot of items like that where people are just cutting production because of the car change. You have the uh, world economics right now that it's just harder to get something from overseas that maybe is readily available or maybe production's been slowed down on something in a, in a plant that's even within the U.S. and they're trying to catch up and it's something that we need off the shelf. You know, it could be anything as simple as a uh, tape to, you know, carbon fiber or sheet metal or anything of those nature, you know, not necessarily a specific part, but maybe materials we need to, to make a part on our car. Mm, fascinating it really is and we like i said we deal with that a lot and in, in some of the other forms of racing that i cover and it's uh it's concerning in places it really is and, and i hadn't factored in the new car and how that factors in with with some of these manufacturers and the and the long-term prospect of it so uh the two-week vacation the bogaravich family did you uh did you get away did you stay home and turn off the phone what what what, what did you do mike well, turn the phone off is not an option ever in this position, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I came into work uh, a couple of days early last week after the win, um, thanked as many people within the shop, you know, because it, it takes the, takes the whole tribe, right. You know, that you can't do it alone. Um, so spent a little time doing that. I had a couple of meetings to get some ends tied up here. And then, uh, you know, we set out to Hilton head for a little bit. My wife and I, we love it down there. We love that beach and, and that. So, just spent a couple of days down there with the wife and the kids and nothing special, you know, just, just hanging out, getting away a little bit, did some running and, and things like that. And then uh, came back home here for the next week, again, touched base at work, came in a couple of days and then just took a few more days for relaxing with the family. You know, I, I cheat a lot of time with them every week and I, I just, when I can pay it back, I need to do so. I need to remember that. So I try and make sure that I do good in those situations the best I can, at least. Are you a uh, are you a sit on the beach person? Are you a go out to eat person? Are you a I don't know that you're a golf person. Uh, what what is what is a beach trip like for the for the family? 
well, trying to keep me pinned down for more than an hour is, is a challenge. <laughs> so about the, the first day, maybe you, you might get me to be patient and sit on a beach. And, and, and I do that more because everybody else wants to do it. But I, I'm a get up and go guy. I want to do things. But I try and weigh it out, you know, and let the let the kids and the wife do more what they want to do rather than what I want to do. But yes, we do enjoy going on the beach. Uh, we rode some bikes on the beach, uh, go in the pool a little bit, kind of mix it up. And obviously the dining down there is great. I love seafood and, you know, going to hit up all those great places down there, Hudson's and, and uh, Skull Creek Boathouse and those type places. I mean, you, you can't beat it. It's great. Sounds like a great trip. That's for sure. Sounds like a neat trip. The NASCAR series does kick back off going into Watkins Glen. You guys with a sponsor on the car that is a sponsor of the race to go bowling at the Glen. Uh, what do we need to look for for you guys or from you guys this weekend up at Watkins Glen? Well, yeah, this is a big weekend for go bowling and, uh, and I hope our go bowling team can produce for them. Um, you know, the road courses have been a bit of a challenge for us, but uh, I think Watkins Glen is one that has a little more promise for us than, than some of the others, some of the newer ones. You know, we have a, a notebook at least to go off of. Now, with that said, another wrench in the program is we haven't been there in almost two years now. So, uh, and the package has changed since we were there last time. So, um, still differences, but, uh, you know, same old thing. We're, we're going to compete and race, and uh, we got a good starting position, which is a change for us. Uh, we get to, I think, start around eighth. So, even though we won the race, we get to start eighth. I'm not bitter or anything, but <laughs> but I get it. it. It's part of the game. It's the rules everybody has to abide by, and, and it is what it is. But I think, you know, track position to start the race should hopefully help. Hopefully, we can keep it up there all day and collect some stage points and contend for a win. You mentioned that, and, and I've, talked to, I've talked to drivers, you know, some, some mid-pack teams that can never clear that hurdle. That I, I actually talked to uh, Drew Blickensdurfer and Michael McDowell. They won Daytona, and then they had another good run and another good run. And that whole mindset of starting regularly in the top 10, boy, it seems like the way this thing is structured, if you get trapped behind, it is almost impossible to get there to get that initial track position. It really is. And, you know, I say that with the situation I'm in, it makes it, it makes it awful. But I've also been on the other side of that last year when we had the, the random draw scenario and we were high in points. And I mean, I think we had three or four polls and a bunch of top five starting spots and, and, you know, I'm not going to complain then because I got what I want, but at the same rate, I, you can ask my guys, I'd be the first one to say, well, this, this method isn't really fair either. And, and in all honesty, the only thing that's fair is qualifying, right? There's really no way to do it other than that. And we just, that's not in the cards right now. So I sympathize with the challenge NASCAR has out there and, and trying to make it right. But it, it, it is tough. Uh, to your point, you know, going back even to what we talked about earlier about, you know, what do you do in the beginning of the year when things aren't going right? You know, what's the mindset and those type of things? Well, that's the other side is when you still think you have a chance in point racing, you just keep losing points because it takes you all day to the end of the race to get yourself in a top 10 position, even the times that we did finish top 10. So, you know, I wasn't collecting any stage points and there's 20 points up for grabs right there. So um, it does getting in that hole. It's just a, a spiral that you just, you can't fight out of where if we at least had qualifying a little more often or every week, you could almost hit a reset button every week and say, okay, now we're going to start top 10. We're going to go race and we're going to collect points. Um, so it's a challenge. I'm hoping it changes in the future. Um, right now, I think going into the playoffs, the good news is, is when the playoffs start, we'll be in that top 16 group. So that, that should help our starting position, at least from where we were starting most of the season. 
That's neat. That's true. Yeah. With the playoffs, that does that for sure. Um, momentum into the playoffs. Um, we always get into the, you know, the, the, there's the whole debate about, you know, some people prefer a full season run with the, the, the championship. Some people like the playoff format. Um, getting this reset, getting caught back up, it's got to give guys like you a new sense of life as we roll into the fall season. Absolutely. Um, you know, for us, I mean, we still got a few to fight through here before sure. the season ends, but I think we got two racetracks that we're looking forward to going to, and then two that we know are, are going to be a fight for us, you know, got two road courses coming up and then Michigan and Daytona and Michigan. We had a great second race last year. I think we can build on that. And, um, and Daytona, uh, obviously we've, we've always been fast. Uh, my team's always been fast there at the speedways. So um, looking forward to, to that race. And then, you know, starting out at Darling, you know, we start the playoffs at Darlington, Richmond and uh, Bristol, which all three are 750 tracks. Like I said, I think our 750 package has been pretty good and we've improved it and gotten even better. Um, they've also been good races for us last year. So I think, you know, the first round of the playoffs is, is really promising for us just from that standpoint alone. Uh, the other way I'll talk about this is, you know, you look at Hendrick, they kind of were struggling through the middle of the summer last year a bit. And then as the playoffs approached, you know, William Byron got his win. Some of those cars started running better playoff start. And my gosh, those guys took off and, and they were fast. I mean, they had at least, I think two of them at least pointed their way even into the second to last round and then you know chase ends up winning the championship so uh momentum's a big thing in this sport for sure and uh and we're we're peaking at the right time if that's what's happening but don't get me wrong i don't want to sell victory here i mean we have a lot of work to do yet um still things to polish up on the 750 package a lot of work to do on the road courses and uh the 550 package has been a struggle for us this year so we got a lot of work to do there yet well, we'll let you get back to that work. Appreciate you taking some time out, Mike, and uh, joining us here on Crew Call. Always good to chat. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. There we go. That's Mike Bogaravich, Crew Chief, for Eric Almarola, the number 10 car at Stuart Haas Racing. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Well, as we talked about with Mike, summer vacation is over. It is time to get serious. And this 14-week stretch to me is so fascinating. The four races going into the championship playoff run are very, very different, very exciting. We've got Watkins Glen, which is a road course we've been to a lot, although, as Mike said, we haven't been there in two years. We've got the brand-new road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway that the Xfinity Series has ran. Cup cars are on there next week. We've got a very traditional two-mile racetrack at Michigan, and then the Wild and Wooly 
race at Daytona to set the final field. So it is going to be a fascinating time in NASCAR races and racing. And it does kick off this weekend with Watkins Glen. And Motor Racing Network has a huge weekend up at Watkins Glen. It starts on Friday night at 6 o'clock. It is the Clean Harbors 100 at the Glen for the Arkham Menard Series. Then we have double header coverage on Saturday. Starting at noon Eastern time, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, the United Rentals, 176. And at 3.30, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, love this name, the Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey 200 at the Glen. Rolls off the tongue and kind of makes me snicker as well. So the Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey 200 at the Glen is our second race on Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday, 2 o'clock Eastern time, it's the Go Bowling at the Glen for the NASCAR Cup Series. Motor Racing Network is there all weekend long and we will have you covered across the board. Make sure you go to our website and you can just click on the schedule tab and we'll even send you reminders of those races so that you make sure you catch every time Motor Racing Network goes on the air. Hey, we appreciate Mike Bogoravich again joining us here. More important though than all of that, thank you for joining us here this time on Crew Call presented by Hercules Tires right on our show.